David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. On the phone, we have legendary broadcaster Pat Summerall. He played for the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Cardinals, and New York Giants during his playing career. And he went on to broadcast for many years. He's still doing it today. How are you doing, Mr. Summerall? I'm doing fine, thank you. Some of us remember him as a legendary place kicker. Those of us are old enough. I remember him back in the day with uh, the Chicago Cardinals and things like that. I remember having his football card. So he wasn't just some guy that sat in a booth. He knew what he was talking about, too, David. <laughs> so, Pat, when you were with the Cardinals, you had some great players on those teams back then. I mean, you had Charlie Trippi, Elmer Angsman, what, Ali Matson, I believe, was on those teams? Ali Matson was on those teams. He was very good. He's the only guy that I, I think when he came back from the service and joined us and we were already in training camp, he's the only guy you could hear coming. He was so fast you could hear him, hear his footsteps, and you could hear that he was nearby. And eventually I traded for like half of a, of a football team uh, to San Francisco, if I recall. Yeah, he was. Charlie Tripp, we talked to him several years ago. I mean, that guy did everything on the Cardinals. That guy was amazing. You don't see players like that today. No, you don't. Uh, gee, he was a, a heck of a football player. He was not only a good offensive player, he was a good defensive player. In fact, he wound up his career playing defense. How did you get into broadcasting? Well, I answered the phone one morning. Uh, my my roommate was the quarterback with the Giants, Charlie Connerly, and he picked up the. He was in the shower, and I picked up the phone. The phone rang, and uh, they asked for Charlie. And Charlie said, uh, Charlie said he'd be out of the shower in a few moments. Anyway, I told him he couldn't come to the phone right then because he was in the shower. And uh, the gentleman at the other end of the line said to me. Uh, what are you doing this afternoon? And I said, I don't know. I'm going somewhere and drink beer with the boys or do whatever. And we had the weekend off. We were in New York, in New York City. And he said, why don't you come along and take the same audition? So I did. There were four of us who took the audition. Alex Webster, Kyle wrote Charlie Connolly and me. And uh, they liked the way I read the, the, the audition script. So they offered me the job and... That was the last good hold I got. He was my holder on for the field goals. Charlie was. Well, Kyle Rowe must have done okay because he ended up having a fairly good broadcasting career as well. Yeah, he must have done okay, but they picked me. So that's how they offered me the job. And then you worked with Tom Brookshire for many years, who was a former Yeah, I player. did. Yeah, he and I were, got to be like brothers almost. We worked together, and we worked uh, as a team, both on and off the field. He was a good man. And and then after Brookshire, somebody had the good sense to pair you with John Madden. Right. Did, did you realize going in that John Madden would be quite the character that he became? No, I did not. Uh, I first, the first time, first game we did together was in Tampa, the Giants in Tampa, and uh, when I got up to the booth, I got up. He got there before I did, 
When I got up to the booth, he was sweating like crazy. And I thought, my gosh, this guy's in the wrong business. He's sweating. He's soaking wet just because of the nervousness, nervousness of being, being on the air. And he, uh, I, I later learned out that he was, learned that he was afraid of the heights. Not so much the, 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 the fear of broadcasting, but the afraid of the heights. So I was wrong about, uh, how good he was going to be, and I was wrong about his personality and his, uh, fearfulness for being on the air. He was very, very good. He, How did the telestrator and him get? Did they he do that right from the start, or did that just develop over time? No, I started that myself uh, long, long, long before he. I joined John Madden in the booth. Uh, he utilized it much, much better than I did. Utilized it better than anybody else, and started drawing on the screen and drawing lines on the screen, and he could do it uh, adroitly. And did it very well. Do you have to teach Madden anything? or Because by that time, you were a fairly accomplished broadcaster. Uh, well, I'm, uh, accomplished, I think, is, is uh, stretching it a little bit, because I wasn't very, I never did get very accomplished. But at any rate, I didn't uh, know. I didn't have to tell him. He, he had coached the game. He had played the game. And he knew uh, how to present it. Uh, and he presented it. Uh, in a very intelligent way to, so that the people could understand it. That's why he was so good. He had to be an ability to, uh, articulate not only what, what he saw, but what he, what he thought they should be doing. And he was very effective at that, I thought. A lot of people say that you played the straight man to Madden's personality, similar to Ed McMahon with Johnny Carson. How do you feel when people say that? Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know because uh, I had to explain a lot of times what he was talking about, although he, he was very good, very, very adroit at uh, saying what he meant and what he meant to say. But I had to explain a lot of times to get him out of trouble because he was getting into trouble with, with the, the points he was trying to make. And uh, he, he just approached things from, a, from an offensive lineman standpoint which is, nobody had ever done before. And uh, the, the points that he made were, were fresh and they were new, and he was very, very good at explaining them. Uh, basically broadcast, what, five Super Bowls together? I really don't know how many we did. Uh, we did a lot of them together, I know that. Was there one that was most memorable for you? Uh I can't think of one that was most memorable. Uh, the best game I ever did, I think, was Dallas at the Cotton Bowl against Green Bay. It was the NFC Championship game. And I think that, uh, you know, it's one of those things that where, they, where uh, we just captured what was going on. How much preparation went into one of those uh, Sunday broadcasts? For you, well, it usually it depended on the magnitude of the game. Really, it depended on whether, whether it was a Super Bowl or whether it was a, a championship game or something like that. We got there, got to the site of our broadcast uh, way, way ahead of time, usually on Wednesday afternoon, and we meet with the coaches and the players and, and look at film and look at what we had done before and look at look at things that might possibly come up and. Find out from the coaches and the players who who, who figured to play a, a prominent part, and uh, usually we took four or five uh, four or five days and and uh, 
also the preparation was was something that we delved into seriously, probably in production meetings and uh, things like that. Until we were, I could do a game. I think without uh, as, as uh, the, the teams involved didn't have to wear numbers. I was so familiar with with how much uh, was going into and what what who made the key block and who made the key tackle and so on and so forth and where they appeared from that uh, I didn't really need the numbers to identify the players. I read Frank Gifford's book about that 58 NFL championship game between the Giants and Colts, and he called it the greatest game ever played, and a lot of people have said that. And you were part of that yeah. game. Do you agree with that? Uh, no, I really don't because we were very tired. We had played an extra week uh, well, the Colts had the week off, so we were tired going into that game, and it was a it was a tough game, no question about it. They, Baltimore was better than we thought they were, and uh, it was just a hard game to play. It was just a, uh, we couldn't cover Raymond Berry in the, in the twelve twelve passes he caught. And we couldn't cover him and later on. We we played him in a pickup game at in Central Park in New York, and we still couldn't cover him. I just saw him. I just had, his, had the opportunity to visit with him in, in uh, Indianapolis just over last weekend. Who organized the pickup game in Central Park? Oh, I don't remember who organized it, but uh, we played. We played uh, everybody that had played in the regular season game played the pickup game in Central Park, including Frank Gifford and Charlie Connolly and all the guys who were who were part of the, the Giant team that I played on. So you got to Indianapolis for the Super Bowl? I got to Indianapolis, yes. And how was that for you? That was good. They did a good job. The radio row was uh, well populated. Uh, I don't know how many interviews I did the day before the game, the two days before the game, but there was a lot of them. I had dinner with Don Shula and Raymond Berry. So it was a, it was a good, good experience. I'm glad I went. Does it amaze you how those guys get older and you don't? Well, I don't know about that. I had gray hair, same color as they do. <laughs> you also covered other sports, though, during your career. You covered a lot of the Masters with doing golf. I mean, did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was uh, very restrictive. We had to be very careful what we said and about whom we said it. There were certain things that the Masters didn't want mentioned, and it was uh, it was more of a question of of what you said and what you got put on the air. Uh, it was more a question of, of, uh, of their control and uh, what we said. Now, as you being a, f- a former tennis player, did you enjoy covering tennis as well? Yeah, I did. I had a good partner in Tony, Tony Trabert with tennis, and he was a good man. And you had a book come out several years ago. On and off the field. Talked about uh, how I got involved in broadcasting and, and uh, how I got uh, started in, in uh, with CBS and just, just in general, retraces a career about how I got involved in broadcasting. Does it amaze you how big the Super Bowl has become? Well, I did the first Super Bowl, and I ate, uh, there were forty thousand empty seats. The most expensive ticket was twelve dollars. Uh, it was covered by NBC and CBS, right. simulcast they call it. Uh, it was on both networks at the same time, and we had different sets of announcers and different cameramen and different different uh, different involvement, a different producer, different director, and so on and so forth. 
uh, it, it does surprise me to see the magnitude of what, what went on in Indianapolis and how well it was organized it was. The first one, Green Bay didn't want to be there. It was Green Bay and Kansas City. They didn't want to be there. They thought they'd won the championship in that game I mentioned before here in the Cotton Bowl against Dallas. They thought they had won the championship the previous week. So they didn't, uh, they didn't really acknowledge the, the magnitude of what it was going to bring. You and Madden, when you worked in the booth, what amazed me was you both were doing a lot of uh, sponsorships with companies, and you had John Madden working, doing these Ace commercials, you doing True Value. Was there any ever bickering between you, my hardware company's better than your hardware company? <laughs> no, uh, never, never a crossword. Never b- b- between us was there ever a crossword. We all, uh, I got involved with True Value before he got involved with Ace, I think. Uh, that that's my recollection of the situation, but there was no uh, never any bickering between us about which was the best hardware company. No. Now, did you have a a favorite player to just watch from an athletics standpoint? Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, there were so many great players that I couldn't remember. I can't remember anyone favorite. Yeah. No. Okay, do you have a favorite kicker? Being a former kicker yourself. No, not really. Uh, there was, there was, they were all a lot better than I was. When the soccer style kicking came in, I guess in the, like the early sixties, did you ever think I'd like to have tried that? Well, I've tried it in the front yard at my house with my kids <laughs> as they were growing up. I've tried it, and if I had to do it again, if I did it again, I'd, I'd that's the way I would do it. It was more, more, less fatigue on your muscles in your leg and. Uh, it's more easy to practice. What has been the evolution of the kicker? Well, I, th- I think the first soccer style was the Gogolax, uh, both Charlie and, and Peter, who uh, Peter signed with Buffalo and uh, Charlie signed with the Redskins. He was the Redskins' first-round draft choice. Uh, they were good. The, the, the hitting area is, is better. You can practice it longer. They're just uh, all kind of advantages. Uh to the soccer style approach to it, and that's why the, the percentages have gone up of the success, successful percentages have gone up over the years because the hitting area is bigger and the, limit, the unlimited time of practice. I think. You're a friend. So you got a flat tire. Started today. off with a flat tire. So I called up. I couldn't locate the number for AAA. So I I located the number for Helena Chansky Tire Repair. No. Did you make her change the tire? <laughs> no. The, not till after the show. After the, the show, car, you're making her do it. We're, it's a negotiation. But now, Helena Chansky was kind enough on her way to the studio to pick me up. And we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with Helena Chansky talking about her upcoming appearance at the Arnold and changing tires. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. 